You're listening to Under a Pile of Books, and in this episode, I sit down with author Dave Wollescroft. He's the guy behind The Wildfire Cycle, a great series that's doing some unique things with format and telling a really cool story. If you haven't checked it out, I hope you do, and I hope you enjoy this interview. Hi, everyone. I'm here with Dave Wollescroft, author of Kingshold, Tales of Kingshold, and Ioth City of Lights, uh, The Wildfire Cycle, and really looking forward to talking with him. If you have not yet had the opportunity to check out his books, you totally should. And uh, I hope that uh, you enjoy listening in to our interview whenever you happen to be listening to this. So welcome, Dave. Hi, Calvin. Nice to chat, chat with you. Absolutely. Thank you so much for being willing to come on. Oh, it's great. Yeah, first time. A little nervous, so be nice. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so let's start out with probably a question then that you have answered like, you know, dozens of times uh, to either in interviews or with just people, you know, talking to you. But but what inspired you to become an author? Like, what what was the inspiration behind this? Um, sure, that's a, a really good question. And this. One of those things where um, I, I guess there's kind of two parts. You know, I always wanted to be an author when I was a teenager. Uh, I loved mm-hmm. to read. Um, and, you know, I was definitely inspired by a lot of the books that I read as a child. And I probably channeled most of that creative stuff into Dungeons and Dragons at the time. I created kind of a whole world within which kind of my games ran for my friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and so that was a lot of fun. But, that, but I never really kind of had the confidence to sit down and write. Um, and then, you know, kind of life carries on. I went to university, got a job. And it's one of those things that I probably always had on my bucket list. And then as you start to get a little bit older, I think you know, two things happen. One is you uh, get a little bit more confident in your own ability to do things that you haven't done before. And then you also realize you haven't got a lot of time left, maybe, and it's probably a good time to start. So um, that and then that probably really came to me when I was uh, um, uh, 40, which is about four years ago now. And um, so uh, uh, but it still wasn't really uh, moving into any kind of action. But then, um, you know, as I was uh, it was after you know, all of the kind of crazy election cycles from two or three years ago, you know, there was like oh, a Brexit right, right. vote back home there was the the election between uh, clinton and trump here in the u.s and um i just remember kind of taking a break from work at one moment sitting outside just kind of you know i was, I was reading all of this these kind of crazy articles about what was going on um in politics on my phone and then uh, i just thought that like it was so sad that um even though because because terry pratchett is one of my favorite authors um, and, and I love kind of Discworld for how it's, it's in many respects a satire on the real world, but he right, never yeah. really tackled democracy. You know, he kind of it, it basically solved for that by just having this benevolent dictator in Lord Veterinary. Um, but so I thought it would be great if, you know, it, well, it would have been great if he'd have actually written a book that tackled democracy. Um, and then I started kind of like, you know, just thinking about that and thinking, you know, how you would tackle it in a fantasy setting. And I, and I thought about how uh, democracy was almost 
the kind of a, a combination of demon and crazy, which I thought kind of went very well with all of this kind of political atmosphere too. And then I realized that like, you know, I, I kind of wanted to read the story, but it was obviously never going to be written um, by Sir Terry, who'd passed away a few years before. So I thought, well, maybe I should give it a try. You know, I've got kind of at least a little bit of a story here. Maybe I could work out how to do it. And um, and so that's when I started. And that was, I think that was back in the springtime of 2017. Oh, wow. Wow. So you've... Uh... So then that spring of 2017 is when you started writing King's Hold? Is that? Yeah. Yeah. That's when oh, I wow. started writing for the first time. I'd never really tried writing a story since, you know, being being in high school. Um, and so I, I did. I did, Actually, I did have a, I did have a false start um, about 10 years ago. I got as far as writing a few notes on some index cards. <laughs> and then and then didn't progress any further but i guess some of those stories have been kind of bubbling and some of those characters even from back then had been bubbling away for a while um you know they, they, it was actually uh, on those index cards are little notes about ninawi and matega and the original story was going oh. to be about how they um had to flee the wild continent you know kind of um in the stories how they're their um, their home, their clan is attacked by these outsiders. Mm-hmm. So originally, the story like the story I was originally going to write was that, and then as I started to um, think about Kingshold, and then start to think about you know who would be um, the characters involved, I really wanted to bring those two two characters in, um, and and you know a lot of the books that I like tend to be those multiple point of view type books mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. i thought that if i was to do a book about an election in a fantasy setting then i wanted it to be uh pretty tight and contained almost like a an election cycle and mm-hmm. thankfully like in the uk an election cycle is about six weeks i know it here it's about 18 months wow yeah wow. <laughs> um so i wanted it to be tight and then and and kind of you know, be able to see what's going on from different points of view, different kind of your know, people involved in that process with different kind of outlooks on what it might potentially mean. So um, I think I think I what I, I so I started to think about these aspects, and then I do like I've you know I've learned over the past twenty years when I'm going to tackle something new, I do some research. So I started to. Um, uh, you know, look at a lot of really good things online about uh, you know how you start writing. Um, I I think I got uh, one book that I really liked um, that I also read all the way through before I got started, and then I started plotting and and went from there. Um, and you know, I and, and I went into it from the outset thinking that I was going to self-publish. I think it was also um, have you read the uh we are revelations by michael j sullivan oh yeah uh n- no actually um i've read uh one of the chronicles books and i've read his uh, legends of the first empire but i actually haven't read the uh, revelation series okay they, they, they were the ones that i originally picked up by him i think okay yep. almost a totally 
you know, kind of random searching or you know, scrolling through Amazon and finding them. And then, and I really loved them. I thought they were great. Um, and, but, but one of the things that stood out to me or that was completely new to me was the fact that like he started out self-publishing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then, um, and then is I only then started to kind of, uh, find out about this whole kind of self-published fantasy that was out there too. And, and that became very interesting and exciting to me too, kind of, you know, just being able to have control, being able to not worry about trying to find an agent or trying to get right, right, yeah. Just getting to the business of how you make and sell books. And so then Michael J. Sullivan was actually uh, part of the the inspiration for you, or at least what first exposed you to the 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 idea of taking the self-published pathway as opposed to going through sort of the query process and and finding an agent and and uh trying to sell it to a traditional publisher yeah yeah i i i think if i'd have had to go um i think that was the only way to get published i probably still would not have started really writing i might Mm -hmm. have sketched that i might have like got as far as plotting and kind of like build some things out but um the uh you know that that whole uh, length of time it takes to uh, to maybe right. get an agent and then right. to maybe get a deal and then you've got another year after that before something would would get published um i'm i don't know if i would if i would kind of really want to be waiting three years sure um, well and you know you're also doing something that i think is is pretty unique with uh, your series and and very uh, very to me very interesting and that is that you know you're writing sort of a for lack of a better term a, a normal novel uh king's hold mm-hmm. and then you had this um anthology of of short stories and novelettes uh novellas uh that you published as tales of king's hold uh, that i think you referred to as like book 1.5 and then book two was another uh sort of typical novel format and then you're planning on book 2.5 that's correct isn't it that's right yeah i i finished the first draft just like two days ago oh awesome awesome uh so i'm looking forward to that but but you're doing sort of something different there and i i guess there's two questions or thoughts in this and first of all i uh, you know i imagine that would have been extremely difficult to do as a traditionally published author um and then, uh, que- I guess that's a thought. And a uh, question then is: is what what gave you the idea to kind of go that route with the sort of two formats uh, to to the books in this series, if you will? Yeah. Um, so I think you're right. By the way, I think like if you're traditionally published, there's no way mm-hmm. that that mm-hmm. would that would fly. And 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 by the way. I don't know as I would recommend to any other author doing the same thing that I'm doing <laughs> right now because the numbering system doesn't work in Amazon. Some people don't like short stories. And so it's more of a push to get people to go from a book one to a 1.5. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, uh, you know, I, I like what it brings to me from a storytelling perspective. And, um, you know, originally, I, I I wasn't thinking that that I would have uh, a point five book after each of the major books. Uh, I wrote King's Hold, and then as I was going through 
um, you know, a series of edits, which is not surprising. I think your know, first book, I was having mm-hmm. to remember things like proper grammar and kind of, you know, how to construct a story. So, so a bunch of edits, but then also I was, I started writing some short stories too. So I wrote um, Of Buccaneer and Bards and I wrote Twin Lies and, and really there to kind of add a little bit more flavor to some of the characters. And it started off as being like, you know, these are things that I could either um, uh, give away to people that sign up for my mailing list or that I can sell individually on Amazon that would go along with the story. And maybe there would mm-hmm. be, you know, I would sell each story individually. But uh, I, I didn't really um, think that that model worked very well. And then just as once I'd finished those first two, I then thought of more stories that were going to come afterwards. And and also, I think what really um, struck me was, you know, with King's Old, like I say, it's kind of this this four-week period, start to finish for the book. It's all mainly set in one city. Um, I like big, sprawling, epic fantasies. But then also, I think sometimes there is there is too much sprawl and there's too much you know, travel, or there's too much of mm-hmm. kind of things that are happening to be able to join the dots that are going to happen in a book. And so I was wondering, like, you know, what if I could create a series where it would be, uh, you know, each of the novels would be more focused at, in, in certain locations or at certain periods of time um, and and then not have to have all of that, uh, you know, travel or kind of, um, you know, the, these things to join the dots. And what if instead I was able to uh, use uh, sh- stories and maybe even potentially from different points of view that would not be in the main novels to be able to join these up and to also plant some seeds that I could harvest, you know, way down the line too. So that's that's how I then kind of thought about, okay, so I, I think I could do this. You know, I think I can come up with, uh, 10 stories or t- 10 different things that will go into uh, Tales of Kingshold. Um, and then it was pretty easy to, it was basically about another 10, I think, for Tales of Ios too. Yeah, no, I, I think it's it's this really interesting uh, kind of setup. And I, I enjoy the kind of novel length versus um, some of the the shorter stories uh in the in the you know 0.5 uh, novels or at least in in tales of king's hold uh, you know I, I really i felt like that worked and and let you sort of flesh out in some ways some of the side characters that we maybe didn't get to see quite as much of uh or maybe didn't have as many of their viewpoints or whatnot in uh you know, in, in King's hold the novel. So, uh, you know, I, I enjoyed that aspect of it. Now you, you've mentioned already a little bit of the fact that with King's hold, everything is very kind of tightly plotted in terms of narrative scope, right? There's, it, it takes place in a single city. It's really a focus on this election, this movement from, uh, monarchy to, uh, democracy and sort of all the the machinations that go into that, and yet uh, Ioth City of Lights is much broader, I think, in in scope in many ways, and the story starts to get 
really take on that epic feel. Not that King's Hold didn't have that, but but it, it just expands more. And I'm curious to know, how did the experience of writing the two uh, differ for you, kind of going from that tightly plotted single city to uh, revealing more of the world and, and uh, having more sort of going on with the, the different characters and movement and travel and some of that stuff that you mentioned? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, and I probably hadn't really thought about this until, um, you know, until you kind of asked the question, because, um, you know, I, I have a, a similar approach to how I go and approach any of my stories, whether the shorter or a novel, and it's just a little bit more involved in doing in the model, but uh, a novel, but I, I, I definitely, I, I'm a really heavy plotter in how I develop okay. my stories. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I'm thinking about, um, you know, what are the, the major situations that are going to happen? How are the characters going to react to those things? What are the questions that I have uh, as an author uh, in terms of how the world works around? And so the things that I need to flash out. And then from there, I drive down into my chat structure and even down to scene structure. Um, mm. And so... Um, you know, I, 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 I approached it in a very similar way. It was, it was really interesting, you know, to be able to get to new places and to think about how they're different than King's Hold. Um, you know, even though, say, the, the jeweled continent where, um, you know, kind of Ioth is and King's Hold and, and the other main city that's in, in book two is uh, Redpool, they're all in this kind of thing that you could call, you know, uh, loosely European influenced, I guess, but there's like so much variety in in those types of places, and and I wanted to be able to bring that out into um, into those places that the characters will go to, and so uh, you know I find that really interesting to think about the different religions, the different ways that those those um, those cities work or those countries work, and then it was fun to be able to throw the characters into a situation where um you know they they won or just a spoiler you know like surprisingly <laughs> a king's hold you know they, they the the good guys kind of win at the end of king's hold and then um but then they realize that as part of ioth that um uh, because everything was so self-contained there was all this stuff going on in the world once they're out into the world and they realize that they're in very different positions of leadership now how there are there are forces at play that um, have been preparing for a long time, and then that's a whole different level of challenge that they mm-hmm. have to rise mm-hmm. to. So um, it was fun to be able to put them through, um, you know, more of the ringer <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. and some different different difficulties. Well, in speaking of putting characters through the ringer. Um... You know, Ioth in particular has moments that are uh, really very humorous and then sometimes quickly followed by moments that really have this intense sort of emotional impact to them. And what was what was the process like for you getting the ebb and flow sort of between those two ends of the spectrum right? You know, from the humorous to to maybe the more uh, more serious emotion, and 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 just kind of the ebb and flow between that. Uh, and um, I mean, I, I I don't know if I could say I got it right. Um, 
but you know, I, I got into a place that at least I was happy with it. Um, you know, I think one of the things that I tried to do in all of my writing is to be able to get um, you know elements of humor running through mm. it in a <clears throat> you know sometimes it could be kind of you know quite a black humor type of way or gallows sure. humor. Yep. Yep. Um, and and I think that that's maybe that could be a very very English approach to to humor as well. Um, so sometimes you know things are very funny in the most inopportune moments or even in highly mm-hmm. emotional moments. Um, you know, I I think back to even kind of you know, when uh, family members have passed away and you're sitting with with your uh, friends and family and just you're know, talking about them or thinking about them and then all of a sudden you know you could be laughing at a memory mm-hmm. at, at something that they did at the time where you know it's really uh, it's, it's a very um, sad occasion but I think part of the way we as humans get through those situations is by being able to to uh you know see the bright side and and now of course i just want to sing the monty python song of course right yep yeah (laughs) (laughs) but no i think um i I do think that that's one of the one of the things that to me really stood out um in in ioth is sort of just that uh, that ebb and flow that i i think turned out really well and made it seem really authentic of these moments that you're laughing, but then also moments where, you know, there's just this like, ugh, you know, and, and like you're really impacted by, by something that happens. Um, and they, they just seem to, to ebb and flow quite naturally, uh, throughout the, throughout the novel. So, uh, that was, that was one of the things I really, uh, really liked whenever I read Ioth. So thank you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, this is um, maybe a little bit of a uh, sillier question or whatnot, but uh, I, I like to, to ask it and get folks uh, folks' opinions here. Uh, if you could have dinner with any character from all of fantasy, who would it be? That's a tricky one. Can I cheat? Can I have like a dinner party? A whole dinner party? Like, sure, yeah. sure, sure. Make 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 a whole dinner party for us. <laughs> uh, um, I think it would be cool to bring. Um, you know, some uh, uh, awesome wizards together at the same time with those kind of plotters and schemers, and quite often they overlap too, but not yeah, always. Right, right, right. Yeah. But um, you know, there's um, I, I would always love to kind of like have Gandalf at the table. Mm-hmm. I think that would be great. He'd obviously bring the fireworks afterwards too, as long uh, as well as the pipe. So that's yep. not a bad thing. Um, I think uh, veterinary. From the Discworld novels, mm-hmm. I just love the way kind of you know th- throughout so many of the the Ang no- novels that um, uh, Terry wrote that the he's you know this um, he knows everything that's going on in the city and he's just kind of you know uh, touching little scales in different places to get things to move the way that he wants them to move. Um, so he's he's kind of like you know a, a an awesome 3D chess player. <laughs> and then um, the, another one who reminded me of something similar as I was reading the books, um, but you know, very different style. But is is in the the Malazan books, the Malazan book of the fallen. Mm. There's uh, Shadow Throne, who is the um, you know the the 
former emperor who ascends to godhood but he again is like you know he's because he's in the shadow warren he is kind of uh, making everything move towards his own plans um and then i think the the final person who i would love to have is another wizard but kind of more on the crazy wizard side and um i really enjoyed king to the wild a couple of years ago when that came out okay yeah yeah yeah, it's one of like my my favorite reads, and and definitely, um, I think yeah, being a dad and uh, a dad to a little girl too, kind of you know, there's some emotional resonance to some of the dads mm-hmm. in the party there. But actually, yeah, one of my favorite characters in that book was Moog, the the wizard. Um, he's just you know so chaotic, and um, you know his magic. You never really kind of know what's going to happen, but uh, he would probably be, I think, an awesome influence at that kind of dinner party with probably, you know, at least two other characters that are quite serious. You know, I'm I'm pretty sure that this is the most terrifying dinner party that anyone has ever proposed in my (laughs) presence. So um, (laughs) I just I feel like. this this has the potential to either create some really really interesting conversation around you know like how to manipulate things and get your way yes <laughs> uh, or it has the potential to just end up in like some kind of wizardly battle that uh, that just like singes your house and leaves you with you know like a pile of ash so that could be it. I'm pretty sure that no matter what the situation is I would think that I was going to be you know, sitting down to have dinner with them, but soon enough I would just be serving them dinner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. Around to their whims. Yeah. yeah, pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> oh, man, that's, that's great. That's great. Uh, so now, final question for you. Uh, where can folks find you and your books online? Oh, that's, that's a very important question. That is an important question. Yes, so um, my uh, website um, is a good place to find me. I post sporadically. Usually you'll find that while I'm writing, I'm not posting many blog updates, and then all of a sudden I'm going to start, I'm I'm probably going to start posting again in the next (laughs) couple of weeks, actually, now that i finished this first draft. So that is dpwollisscroft.com, and uh, my last name is spelled W-O-O-L-L-I-S-C-R-O-F-T. I should really should get a new last name really and then uh amazon um uh, no matter which country you're in has all of my books uh, the only thing to watch for is as you uh look for king's hold the book that comes after us the the book 1.5 is going to confuse them so do search for tales of king's hold afterwards to mm. get book 1.5 excellent well dave thank you so much for taking some of your time and, and coming on with me Thanks very much, Gavin. I've really enjoyed this. It's great. So thank you.